Welcome to the Equipping You in Grace podcast, hosted by Dave Jenkins. The Equipping You in Grace podcast is a podcast about helping Christians develop a biblical worldview in a conversational tone about issues inside and outside the church. Now, for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Equip You Grace podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for the show. And with me today is our friend and brother in Christ, Joey Thompson. Joey, welcome back to Equip You Grace, brother. Thanks for having me back, my brother. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Well, can you, I think it's been a little bit since we've had you on here. Can you catch us up on what's been happening in your life, marriage, ministry, and what ministry projects you're working on? Yes. Uh, so, um, just for maybe those who haven't, you know, haven't heard me before. So my name's Joey. I pastor uh, a church out um, in Newport News, Virginia, near the Virginia Beach area called Deer Park Fellowship, um, Reformed Baptist Church uh, in the area. I am married to my better half, Braden. We have three boys. Um, they are doing great. My, you know, my middle son, since we spoke last, has started school. He's now in school and enjoying every bit of it. And it's, it's hard to believe that I have two in school already. The cliche, they grow up fast is it's such a tired cliche, but there's a a reason why it's used and it's because it feels like it's all blowing by, but um, I've had three wonderful, beautiful boys. And, um, and as far as ministry projects go, I've been working on a book for a while now, as you know, um, which is the book that you, have you're going to interview me about so thanks yeah. for letting me do this yeah man i remember when your kids were born so yeah, uh, yeah. we've been friends for a good long while now. yeah a good long while i think it's so. eight, eight i think it's eight years or nine years um so since we you and i met i think so yeah yeah i think I you're think right it's, it's i think it's like while. 2014 so maybe we're coming up on 10 years it's quite That's a while crazy. it yeah, is it goes like you yeah. said so fast i mean yeah now, you were gracious to let me write some articles for certain ways, but yeah, it's crazy. It's been that long. Yeah. Yeah. You've been writing for us about that long. It's it's been a blessing. So thanks for letting me do it, man. Yeah, man. Well, tell us about this book, Serious Joy, Reflections and Devotion on Jonathan Edwards, 70 Resolutions, why you wrote it and how you hope it'll be received. Yes. So the, the reason that I wrote it is multifaceted. So I, It started for me years ago, so it's five or six, five or six years um, ago. I I started slowly considering the resolutions of Jonathan Edwards, and so for those who don't, you know, maybe the resolutions of Jonathan Edwards, if that's new to you, um, you know, Jonathan Edwards, who was a colonial pastor, a theologian, um, uh, philosopher. academic. I mean, he, he, he was truly a Renaissance man. He had a very gifted mind. Um, you know, he was a, a prominent figure in the great, you know, the great awakening, um, the, the kind of the, re, the revivals during that period of time, he really was the, uh, maybe the, uh, the academic or the, this, the, um, uh, if George Whitfield was famous for being the, the the powerful preacher and evangelizer in the midst of the Great Awakening, um, you know, Jonathan Edwards was like this steady voice bringing theological clarity to the the revivals and pointing out the abuses and the errors and 
but before Jonathan Edwards was the Jonathan Edwards that, you know, we know him to be, um, just, just this, again, theological giant. Uh, when he died, he was the president of what would later become Princeton. But um, uh, he was a 19-year-old kid who uh, wanted his moral character to be shaped by the gospel, and uh, which meant he wanted his moral char- character to be shaped by the word of God. And so he, at 19 years old, um, penned 70 resolutions. Uh, this was a private document, and uh, it was not meant to be read by anyone, or it wasn't him like giving advice to anyone about how they should live their lives. This was um, a document really just between him and the Lord as he sought to be intentional and sought to spread the Lordship of Christ over different areas of his life. And and you see that as a legacy that he left. There was there was nothing out of bounds for Edwards. Um, uh, he, he, he didn't have any, there, there was nothing off limits from Christ's Lordship. Um, and so he, he sought to bring every thought captive. He sought to bring Every project is work ethic. Um, uh, he sought to bring those things captive uh, to the obedience of Christ. And so so I started thinking through this document years ago, as I mentioned, and, and, and a lot of it was more for just my own personal edification. I want my own moral character to be shaped by God and the gospel. And, uh, you know, resolutions aren't an uncommon thing. People make resolutions that, you know, the new year, often resolutions that we don't keep, thoughtless resolutions, uh, uh, but resolutions during the colonial period also weren't um, uncommon. George Washington had resolutions. Benjamin Franklin had his resolutions. And so this this is a pretty standard way to approach character improvement, if you will. Um, but Edwards, uh, unlike the, those men, explicitly sought to ground his improvements in the gospel of God. And, uh, and so what is striking to me about his resolutions um, is they're very earthy, they're very blue collar, they're very practical, um, and, and I like that. Uh, and so, so I began this journey of studying them, reflecting on them, writing some thoughts about them, uh, and eventually that turned into me um, ex- expounding on it a bit more. And uh, and before I know, knew it, it, it was presenting itself into a book format that. Uh, uh, to make a long story short, that founders uh, is was and is gracious to 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 publish and put out there, and so so initially the project began as um, just it was for my own ed- edification. Then um, uh, and then I really wanted to uh, expose people to Jonathan Edwards. So as a bit of church history for for those who are unfamiliar with Jonathan Edwards. Uh, maybe those who are familiar with Jonathan Edwards, but they maybe know him as a kind of a stoic. You know, they 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 know his his famous sermon in the uh, sinners in the hands of an angry God, and and maybe they haven't read that, or maybe they don't have that sermon set in the context of the man's life who preached it. But I wanted to show a more well-rounded Edwards through his writings, and um, and then also through his resolutions, I wanted to demonstrate how. He wrestled with legalistic tendencies. He wrestled with forgetting the gospel. He wrestled with works-based salvation sort of stuff, Not in, in which is the struggle of all of us, defaulting to resting in our own um, works. And so I, it, it was a, 
it started out as an exercise for me and moved toward me wanting to expose people to Edwards, expose people to the centrality of the gospel and Edwards' desire to be God-centered, um, which exposes people to reform theology um, and, uh, and also to demonstrate that our Christian faith shouldn't stay in the ether, uh, but that... Uh, but that the word of God and the gospel of God should shape us in such a way that it matters in the here and now. And, um, and so I, so I, I think this private document is worthy to be explored and considered. Um, and with as much out there, um, that has been published, uh, by people on the life of Jonathan Edwards, uh, we have loads of his works that have been recovered and have been, you know, published in recent years, there's uh, very little that has been written as it relates to these resolutions he wrote when he was 19 years old. Um, mm -hmm. uh, there was a guy who I interfaced with, I don't know if you know him, Dave, but Matthew Everhard, who, uh, when I finished writing the book, I actually found him lecturing on how he, um, uh, the different categories he put the 70 resolutions in, which I found helpful and, and helped to influence my own view of what category, where, you know, where the resolution should go into what category. And I reached out to him and through corresponding with him, I found out he had written a book that I hadn't heard of. And, uh, and there's, there's, um, I still have not read his book, but as far as I know, his book is the only other work published on the 70 resolutions. Um, hmm. so, so I think there's a gap there. As it, as it relates to uh, books written about Edwards, but I hope that people can read it in a devotional way. So I, I even point to script, there's scriptures that underpin the resolutions. Um, uh, I give, I give my own reflections in the book and, uh, and then I try to gently point out in a couple of different places where Edwards struggled with his own application, you know, with, with keeping these resolutions and why, uh, it seemed that that was the case to, to kind of show show even a cautionary tale in the life of Edwards as well. So that's my long winded answer to your first question. No, that's 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 really good. That's really good. <laughs> you know, and I I think uh you know you bring out a lot of points here uh for consideration for people because we know we know like you were saying you know Edwards was the preeminent theologian. He's considered you know, America's best uh, produced theologian. And, you know, here was a man who was not only of that caliber of intellect, like a Calvin and an Owen um, of that kind of mind, but he was also the, the kind of pastor that you would want to go with you to the hospital um, to yeah. work alongside of you and, and to care for you. So maybe you want to touch on just that kind of dynamic a little bit as well. Yeah, I mean, he he was very integrated in the lives of those that he um, was shepherding, and you know, and so he 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 was not uh, a distant pastor, uh, but but he knew his congregation well. I mean, in, in the the congregation that he um, pastored for, I can't remember how many years off the top of my head. I think twenty years, maybe that he that he took over from. Um, uh, his father-in-law, his father-in-law died while he was the assistant pastor there. Solomon, and then, Solomon Stoddard. Solomon Stoddard. Yep. And, um, he t took over for him and, uh, 
and ended up pastoring about 20, 20 years or so. And, you know, and as pastor, as you pastor, the pastor is growing and developing as he reads and studies the word. It's not just him seeking, you know, by God's grace to help develop the congregation. And, but, uh, but one of the things that um, uh, really bothered Edwards was um, the lack of demonstrative faith in the lives of individuals that were members of the church that had been baptized into the church and, um, and their willingness to just come and take the Lord's Supper in their seemingly unconverted state, despite that they professed Christ and were baptized. Um, and, and, and that wasn't the only issue. I, I, I think there was an, another issue as it related to baptizing children that weren't, that whose parents were not demonstrating genuine faith. Like there, there was a few other things that were going on, but um, it became such a point of contention that, you know, he, he was withholding the elements um, or, or working toward trying to do that over the long term. And it led ultimately that and, and a few other things led to his ejection from that pulpit. Um, now, one of the reasons I say that or bring that up is he had to know he had to have some sort of intimate knowledge about the people that were coming to the table. Right. The, 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 those weren't uh, conclusions that he was coming to from just a distance um, that that those were um, things that troubled him because he was involved in the nitty gritty of people's lives. Right. And, and he, he cared enough about God's word, the glory of God, first Corinthians 11, drinking judgment on yourself. If you're taking the Lord's supper in an unworthy manner. So he's caring, trying to care for the souls of the individuals who aren't taking that seriously, that uh, he was willing to uh, eventually have his, um, pastorate terminated over that again that not being the only circumstance necessarily but and it was overwhelmingly terminated the majority of people wanted it gone and so you know just a case study this the great edwards was fired from his post as a pastor you know and and um but it it was his knowledge um in his involvement in the lives of people that um uh caused some of that friction, um, you know, also evident in his sermons, he knew things that were happening, even with the teenagers in his church, you know, this promiscuous lifestyle with teenagers that were attending on Sundays. And, uh, and, and apparently it was a large enough of an issue, um, that, um, he, he was addressing those sorts of things in his preaching ministry, you know, and so, and so to be able to know the, the decisions um, that people were making, sinful decisions that people were making, um, you know, you, you can see how that colored his pastoral ministry. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, he, he wasn't a pastor that stayed, distant. He was a pastor that was close. He was a pastor that knew his people. Um, and, uh, um, and, and you see that the more you read his writings, both the things that seem more severe, but also in the things that he writes that are, um, that are comforting as it relates to him trying to, um, uh, com- comfort weak, feeble believers wrestling with assurance of salvation or wrestling with assurance of faith. And, 
Um, and so, so yeah, yeah, so absolutely. He, he, he was, he was the type of pastor that, that would know you as a congregant, as a member. Yeah, that's really good. You know, one of the resolutions is about studying scripture, you know, for all of his life. And how did, how did that kind of idea work itself out in Edward's thinking and in his theology and, and how should that work itself out in our lives as Christians today? Yeah. I, <clears throat> so Edwards was um, obsessive. So, so some of what you see in him is um, the way God wired him in some regard. You know, he was a really unique individual. You mentioned him being one of America's greatest theologians, if not the greatest theologian. He was also one of America's greatest minds ever produced, just generally speaking, you know, in, in many different disciplines. And and so you, you, you see things that he's in, you know, you read his writings and you see various things that he's interested in. And it's not just that he's interested in them. It's that he's a bit obsessive about them. Uh, and that was uh, certainly the case with studying the Bible. Um, I mean, he, he has, uh, you know, we, we have um, uh, the, these works of him, uh, the miscellanies um, that, that, that demonstrate all these theological inquiries that he had, that he would, seek to resolve and how he, you know, how he resolved them, or you, you can see him in process and, and certain theological questions that he had, but he, he wasn't some, someone that saw something in the Bible and said, you know, that's curious. And then moved on. He was someone that saw something in the Bible and said, I need to try my best to answer that question. And I can't rest until I come to some conclusion, <laughs> come to some sort of conclusion. Um, and, uh, and so he was obsessive about, um, about studying the word of God, but ultimately, and especially as he matured, um, like it was about, you know, studying the Bible is about getting to know the God that you claim you love and worship. Right. Uh, now he obviously had a difficult time with, um, being puffed up by his own studies because one of the other resolutions that he makes connected to the resolution of, of, of answering theological questions is that uh, is a resolution to not become conceited or proud about the answering to that, you know, it, not allowing that to serve his pride. Right. And we've all seen and have experienced um, the theological snobbery and, and arrogance and pride and how that can manifest itself in our lives. And so, so Edwards was aware of his propensity for that and him being aware of his propensity for that m meant that, he understood that the chief goal was to glorify God and enjoy God. Right. And so, uh, so, you know, what can we take from that? One, we may not have the mind of Edwards. We may not have the obsessiveness, uh, uh, genetically speaking that Edwards had as it related to his disciplines, but, um, but we should be interested if, if, if we claim to love the Lord, we should be interested in the book that he wrote us because the book that he wrote us is the way in which we know him better, right? If we have two books, you know, historically, the book of nature, right? general revelation, we have special revelation, which is in the Bible. Um, we should seek to, to know God through both of those, but especially through the Bible. And, um, and so a Christian that's disinterested in knowing the word of God and studying the word of God, reading the word of God is a Christian genuinely that's disinterested in God. And, um, and that's a heart, you know, that's a heart issue. 
And so, so I think we, you know, we have a cautionary tale with, you know, see, see that Edwards could, there's a way in which we study our Bibles that can serve our pride. And Edwards had that propensity and we all have that propensity as well. Um, but there's a way in which we study our Bibles that can lead us to doxology, that can lead us to deeper worship. Um, and, uh, and, and, uh, and we see that in Edwards as well. And that should be, if we're Christians, an end goal, right? What, the, what God has gifted us with um, and this book that he's preserved uh, should serve um, the purpose of us knowing God better and in light of knowing God better, knowing ourselves better. That's really good. Um, and so, so important because, you know, knowing, like you said, the special revelation that God has given to us, it has a purpose. It has a goal. Like you're saying, yeah. it isn't just to fill our minds with knowledge. In fact, the idea of knowledge has to do, um, you know, the heart cardia it has to do with, that's the seed of knowledge. And that's what the Bible says to us. And so, you know, that's why in Proverbs 4.23, we're to guard our heart with all due diligence. Why? Because the heart is the seed of knowledge. It's not yeah. the mind. That's not to say that we don't fill the mind, but that like in our Greco-Roman society, you know, we, we think that the mind is, this, this the, is the place that we, we yeah. fill ourselves with more information. And, and this is where in the Bible, the Bible is concerned with the heart. That's why, you know, the Puritans like John Flavel wrote a book called Keeping the Heart because he was concerned about keeping the heart. And we know that, uh, well, I think this is a, some debate among this. We're not going to get into this, but was was Edwards the last Puritan or or not? But but even if even whatever side of that equation you take, the fact is, is is Edwards did focus you know, on, yes, knowing God, you know, loving the Lord with his mind, but also knowing the Lord experientially. Yeah. And that's, that's something that I think in, if we're to be honest, why we, why I appreciate guys like Joel Beakey is he's, he's trying to get us to go back to, you know, the reformers and the, and the Puritans understanding of, of this experiential, you know, not just, dry intellectual reform faith but experiential worked out in in the stuff of life and and that's really what the reformers and the puritans were so concerned about and 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 just to kind of bring this um to to another level as well i think one of the things that i appreciate the most about edwards is you know he wrote that book um this is unrelated to that particular point but also tied to it i think the religious affections um so maybe you could touch on how does how does uh, our affections how how does Edward's understanding of of these resolutions affect his understanding of religious affections? And I know that's kind of a technical question. So, but like you know, we Scripture gives us the, that knowledge of God, and and so our our affections, our lives should be regulated by that truth. So maybe you could touch on that. Yeah, I was actually getting. I was trying to find as you were, you know, speaking about th this experiential relationship with the Lord that's informed and guarded by, you know, by Scripture, not not you know what you and I would consider a static, ungrounded, untethered emotional experiences. Um, so I, it it gets to what Edwards was after. And again, he matured over this, so I don't want to import all of this mature thinking on a 19-year-old. 
But the goal of his resolutions were really to have joy in the Lord. It was really to have his affections warm for Christ. Um, and, uh, and so they weren't an end in and of themselves. Um, it, it wasn't about being, uh, you know, the end, end goal wasn't even to, to be this highly disciplined person. You know, he says in his preamble in the resolutions that if any of this is contrary to the will of God, I don't want to do it, you know? And, and so he, he was, he was looking to the scripture and he was looking at himself through the lens of scripture, seeking to know God and seeking to honor God. And, and he was seeking to acquire as much joy as he could get from, from God. And so the resolutions are serving this joy that he's after in the triune God, um, which was really a, um, a, a lot of scholars speak about Edwards uh, becoming a Christian. Um, yeah, he was raised in a Christian home, but th- this conversion point being when he began to delight himself in the Lord. And, uh, and, it, and it wasn't a knowledge thing. So, you know, you're getting at that we think in terms of head. I, I was actually teaching a class yesterday and, and the students um, that I'm teaching, we were discussing the difference between the natural man when the Apostle Paul talks about the natural man versus the spiritual man. Right. And and when we talk about approaching the Bible, um, where the natural man can understand facts about the Bible and the natural man can read the Bible. The natural man can. It's not a lack of understanding, but it is. Uh, the spiritual man that that by God's grace, by the Holy Spirit, the things that are being read are being internalized and they're shaping the interior man. They're shaping they're shaping the heart of man. And and um, and that that's it's what makes the gospel not foolishness to the spiritual man, but the gospel is foolishness to the natural man. Right. And so, so there, there is this experiential uh, or this experiencing of God that happens for the spiritual man that you just can't get no matter how many books you read, if you're in a natural unconverted sort of state. And, um, and so the, um, uh, the, the affections, I think, is what differentiates these cold, um, I don't know, intellectual affirmations of of the tenets of the Bible or the doctrines of the Bible versus this place where you're being led again to doxology. You know, in, in the book of Romans, you see the Apostle Paul after contemplating the glories of the gospel in the first 11 chapters of Romans, he busts into this doxology right at the end of chapter 11. Oh, the depths of the riches and the wisdom and the knowledge of God. He, he's, he can't help but to worship. And, and it is because of um, the Holy Spirit of God has warmed his affections according to the word of God. And, and so, uh, so again, the, these resolutions uh, were an attempt at a, as a, of a 19-year-old boy to do that, and we see because we see the trajectory of Edward's life how he matured in that. But but one of the passages I w- was going to read from uh, uh, this is in the, uh, um, uh, the just some words of Edwards as it relates to thunderstorms that again just kind of talk speak to this warm 
uh, experiential relationship that he enjoyed with God after he became a Christian. It says, and scarce anything among all the works of nature was so sweet to me as thunder and lightning. Former, formerly, so before Christ, nothing had been so terrible to me. I used to be a person uncommonly terrified with thunder, and it used to strike me with terror when I saw a thunderstorm rising. But now, on the contrary, it rejoiced me. I felt God at the first appearance of a thunderstorm and used to take the opportunity at such times to fix myself to view the clouds and see the lightnings play and hear the majestic and awful voice of God's thunder, which oftentimes was exceeding entertaining, leading me to sweet contemplations of my great and glorious God. And while I viewed, used to spend my time, as it always seemed natural to me, to sing or chant forth meditations, to speak my thoughts and soliloquies, and speak with a singing voice. And so, you you know, you even have <laughs> Edwards looking at natural revelation, you know, the book of nature, and just because his affections have been warmed um, for Christ, he's, you know, the very thunderstorms cause him to worship the God who causes the thunderstorms. And, uh, and so that's so, so different from, again, cold expressions of some, this intellectual sort of counterfeit faith. Yeah. No, I think that that is really good because, um, like we like we said, we're we're talking about this being regulated by scripture, but what we're seeing today is this overly emotionalism, you know, and and it's not just with the new apostolic reformation like you and I have talked about privately, and and I've talked about so much on this show and other places, but but it's also in our contemporary worship. It's it's you know yeah. that's impacted the you know the secret sense from the secret sensitive movement to the emerging church and now you know just just the way in which a lot of contemporary worship is it's it's interested more in like stirring our emotions but you know charitably speaking is it is it concerned as well with uh, stirring our emotions for the sake of you know with and with scripture through the means of grace or or is it just this emotionalism i think the answer for me is is that it's concerned more with that emotionalism and i think edwards yeah. has something i draw that out to say that edwards has so much to say about that and he yeah. was he you know as we know in his works he detailed the the very cause of and and, and uh reporting about you know the great awakening and how he was concerned that it be grounded in the bible and not just in a in an emotional response and appeal which we know that's what happened in the second great awakening so edwards knew even there that the tendency of the human heart because like you mentioned um he he also he went out in nature you know he he was obsessive about studying spiders and nature and animals and insects and yeah. use those if you read his sermons his collected works and and even there that's that's something for us to understand that that the mind that loves the scripture and is committed to preaching it and teaching it and studying it for the rest of your life that doesn't mean that you can't study other topics um because you know that's that famous phrase all truth is god's truth right I mean, the the idea is is that there's not any knowledge that doesn't belong to God, mm -hmm. and and so um, I think I think that this is really important because what it does, um, this idea of our affections being regulated by Scripture, what it does is it helps us to deal with discouragement and anxiety and depression. It, it helps us to deal with this 
fascination, I'll say it that way, with being overly emotional. And there and there's nothing when whenever we talk about that, people hear us. There's something wrong with the our being emotional as a Christian. There's nothing wrong with being emotional. There's nothing wrong with having emotions. The problem is, is we tend to focus so much on our emotions is that what, what we hear is that person is against me dealing with emotions. And as Christians, we have, we, we, we have to understand and, and you and I know this and a lot of other people do as well, but Christians have always been concerned with, you know, the heart and with the care of people. That's why we started hospitals and, and counseling and the whole nine yards out of love for the Lord and love for one another. Um, we, and when and when we we need to go back to that kind of i think commitment not that we don't have it but we need to go back to that kind of commitment and lead the way lead more of the charge and in the care of people in in this regard i think because um we have the better answers we have the word of god and the word of god shows us how we're to care and and love and and to serve other people um and so I think, you know, Edwards has so much to say. I've always been fascinated by Edwards, you know, since exactly. uh, my early, early 20s. I, I read, I took a class on him. Actually, it was funny, as a secular uh, school. And by then, the, even the professor said, you, you, I was as impressing the professor who had taught this subject for a long time. And but then then when we turned away, it was American history. We we turned from talking about Edwards and that stuff. Then we turned and talked about you know some of the other guys uh, that 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 were teaching evolution. He lost me, so <laughs> you know I struggle with that. But uh, Edwards has such a dynamic, even even that he's covered in secular classes on on American yeah. philosophical um, history. You know that just shows how much of a giant he is. So yeah. anyway, I yeah, he's not there. some. Yeah, de- despite where you're coming from, he's not someone that if you're being intellectually honest that you can ignore. Um, and so, so yeah, I, I think he, you know, getting to your point about emotions, Jonathan Edwards is helpful in thinking through uh, as Christians our emotional life. You know, when we um, emotion, God gave us emotions. Um, and so it's not about suppressing and pretending we don't have emotions, but what we often equate, we, we conflate emotions with lack of self-control. And, and so th- there's a, there's a better way to think through our emotional life. And it, it should be one that's modeled by the fruits of the spirit, particularly self, you know, self-control. Uh, and Edward shows us that, um, there's genuinely nothing off limits to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And so, and, and again, I think that these, I think his ministry is indicative of that, but I think even just as again, a 19 year old seeking to reform his own character, I'm struck by the diversity of topics that these 70 resolutions cover. And so I think it's a good document to consider. um, And I, I, I think it can, can help point out our own blind spots as we try to humbly learn from Edwards. Um, I think that the the resolutions in and of themselves are biblical resolutions. Uh, and, and I think that we need to think, I keep coming to the word blue collar, but a bit more blue collar about our faith in the Lord, not, not thinking, man, it, the, 
the here and now doesn't matter. It's up in a way and it's spiritual and kind of this Gnostic sort of approach to our Christian life. Uh, Edwards pushes back against that in really good ways. Um, and so, uh, so and yeah. we're not, and we're not, we're not, we're not discouraging you from digging into the Bible. We're saying in addition to the Bible, read something like this book and, and then perhaps go get Edwards works and work slowly through those works just so people yeah, I mean, and you can find loads of his works for free online and so i mean it's it's easy to access things that he's written without spending a dime to do it um and so yeah uh, so yale has a huge you know is the, the hub for the jonathan edwards works and so you you know you can go on there and access um the the things that he's written there um but that's really good, brother. Really good. But where can people go to find out more about you on social media or otherwise? Yeah. Uh, it's so um, the easiest place to go find out more about me is just website broadoakpiety.org. And so it's a, um, uh, a place where I and another brother in the Lord, um, we put out some articles here and there when we're able to, and we do a podcast here and there when we're able to. And so, you know, if you want to find out more, uh, about me, you can you can go there, broadoakpiety.org. And you got a few articles on Servants of Grace, too. You can go to Servants of Grace. And, and now you're writing Probably. for founders. There may, maybe, what's that? Uh, no, finish your sentence. Oh, I was going to say, there may be more articles I've written on Servants of Grace than I have on Broad Oak Pony. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, sir, uh, we, you've been writing longer for Servants of Grace than you've had Broad Oak Piety. Yeah, that's right. To, to be fair. Right. But yeah. uh, your podcast, their podcast, Broad Up Piety, is worth checking out. They do a good job, and you guys have graciously had me on uh, twice, so um, you know that that's a good show, and I've I've enjoyed interacting with you guys. So yeah, happy to do it. Well, brother, uh, just as we land the plane on this conversation, there's always so much to say, uh, especially on topic like this. Um, do you have any takeaways for those who listen and watch? Oh, takeaways! Uh, buy the book. <laughs> no. take away one um yeah. uh but no i i mean I, I hope that you know if you're listening maybe your appetite's been wet for learning more about the god that edwards adored uh and and being able to be introduced or maybe reintroduced to jonathan edwards i i hope that that maybe someone listening will be pushed in that area um, and, and see the relevance of this, this private document. But my, my overall hope for the book is that the person that grabs it and reads it will um, be conformed more into the image of Jesus Christ. We'll see that uh, the Lordship of Christ extends to all areas of life and, uh, and that they will have a renewed sense of finding serious joy in the triune God. And so that that's my prayer and hope. That's really good, brother. Well, guys, uh, Joey's book is fantastic. It's called Serious Joy, Reflections and Devotions on Jonathan Edwards' 70 Resolutions. We want I want to encourage you to pick it up at Founders on our website. Um, is it available wherever books are sold as well? Yeah, it's available at Founders. It's available on Amazon. And Lord willing, in about a... They just told me they've got an audiobook version of it coming out soon. So if listening to it is easier i think that'll be available on amazon but founders and amazon are kind of the two primary places to go right now awesome. 
Well, brother, we appreciate you and are thankful for all the winning ways in which the Lord are working in and through your life. Uh, thank you for coming on the show today, brother. Hey, thanks for having me, brother. Thank you for listening to the Equipping You and Grace podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate us on the app, and share this with your friends and family on social media. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Servants of Grace, on Instagram at Servants of Grace, or by searching at Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this episode and many others like it on the front page of our website, servantsofgrace.org.